truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me, as is Aaron McIntyre. We're going to have a fourth joining us here momentarily, our good friend John Miller, White House correspondent for Blaze TV out there in D.C. He'll be here for the Dace Group in Un Momento. 888-933-93 is the number. 888-933-93. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We will be getting to some of the feedback that you have sent us here in recent days with Feedback Friday coming up next hour. Now, some of the stuff you're going to talk we're going to talk about today. Actually, I would say a lot of it. A lot of the stuff we're going to talk about. I mean, just to give you a little tease. The the first two issues we're going to address with the Day Group. We're going to talk about things like subsidizing self-mutilation uh, for felons. Why, why it's your job to pay for a felon uh, to mutilate himself. Why you should pay for a parent to abuse their nine-year-old child with the same. We're going we're gonna to talk about um, why America's second most profitable sports league is completely owned by the Chinese. And why we're even in a trade war with the Chinese in the first place. If you want to know the answer to those questions, why? How did we get here? How did we, how did we get a system where you were demanded to fund things that God says are dumb and or immoral? How did we get to a financial economic system where we are beholden to countries who hate us? How did this happen? Well, that's why you want to get this new report from our good friends over at Swiss America. It's called What the Bible Says About Money. And you may think, what's that have to do with these conversations? Well, everything. Because you're living in a culture that was inspired by Christian ethics and principles. And one of the reasons why we had a gold standard, why we didn't have a debtor government, why you weren't to be taxed more than 10%, where did all these things come from? From inspiration from biblical values. And starting in the early 20th century, the progressives wanted to make sure we departed from all of that so that government could print its own money by fiat and therefore impose fiat upon all of us. You need to get this free report and CD, find out where this all began, what you can do about it to protect your hard work, which you've earned and your wealth. All right. It's called What the Bible Says About Money. Get it at SwissAmerica.com. It's free. It's a free report and CD. SwissAmerica.com. If you homeschool, if you want to supplement your kids' education, because you know they're not getting taught this in the government schools. Heck, they're not getting taught this in most of the Christian schools. Let's just be honest about that. All right, this is an excellent resource. You want to be more informed and better informed as a voter. SwissAmerica.com is the website, or give them a call. 1-800-289-2646. That's 1-800-289-2646 or SwissAmerica.com. And now it's time for the day Group. Group. 
Your weekly look at the week that was. Finally, John Miller is not making us all look bad by being dressed to the nines. Thank you for casual Friday, John. Thank you. Yeah, casual Friday. I came in a a hoodie. Not a hoodie, but you're in the hoodie. I'm in the crew. Yeah, the white guy's in the hoodie this time, John. That's how it works here at the Blaze. All right. All right, here we go. First, First issue, issue one. As we look back at the week that was, and oh boy, did last night, I'm guessing, provide plenty of fodder for bleep. Democrats say. And my pronouns right. are she, her, and hers. She, her, and hers. Mine too. Um, it has not come up in terms of people asking me about it, uh, people discussing it. Um, no. Nor has uh, our record of um, human rights abuses come up either. You know, um, things that our country needs to look at and resolve um that hasn't come up either in the 2012 campaign uh-huh. uh, for senate you criticized the judge's ruling that granted transition related surgery yep. to a transgender inmate you said i don't think it's a good use of taxpayer dollars right do you regret that yep you could impeach pence first the problem is that donald trump then has to name his replacement but i think that maybe a deal could be struck where he was told if you don't make a replacement, then Nancy Pelosi does become president. Supporter approaches you and says, Senator, I'm old fashioned and my faith teaches me that marriage is between one man and one woman. What is your response? Well, I'm gonna assume it's a guy who said that. And I'm gonna say, then just marry one woman, assuming you can find one. So I hope that in this country, people who say that they're Jesus loving, God loving, that they pay more attention to God-loving, Jesus-loving people on this side of the border with brown skin that are desperate, that are being treated cruelly by this president. We will no longer allow trans women of color to be killed at this alarming rate and to be killed with what is functionally impunity in the United States of America. So maybe there does need to be a rematch. I mean, obviously, I can beat him again. Do you think religious institutions uh, like colleges, churches, charities, should they lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose same-sex marriage? Yes. It is time for this community Mm -hmm. Um, to face equity enough. And you stop it. You are a white male. You stop it. You are a white male. Your skin is light enough. Stop it. I want to bring in Shay Diamond, a singer-songwriter from Los Angeles. She currently supports Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Shay, what's your question? Um, It's Shia Diamond. Shia Diamond. Put that on record. Okay. (laughs) It's on the record. Thank you. Yes, honey. It's violence to, to misgender or to alter a name of a trans person. So... Always get that right first. My name is Jacob, and I'm a nine-year-old transgender American. Uh-huh. My question is... All right. But let me tell you something. Black trans women are being killed in this country, and CNN, you have erased black trans women for the last time. Let me tell you something. Black trans women are dying. Our lives matter. Senator, that is one of the most handsome haircuts. <laughs> I was... <laughs> uh, were, you, were you about to say the same thing? I was. I was going to say Thank nice you very haircut. Much. <laughs> All right. You are a beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't that was all this week I, I want to quit <laughs> I, it, has the have we I've got an idea has anybody ever considered and maybe that I don't know if this has come up previously in history monasteries 
or, or some form of communal living away from it all. Has that, has that ever been proffered before? Dabbled. Dabbled. Yeah. Is it something that should perhaps be recycled? Pondering. First question. I don't, I don't, I don't. And here's the thing, folks. Uh, uh, Aaron left stuff out. Yeah. I mean, you, we had, uh, the, the front runner for the Democratic presidential nomination last night said, because it's primarily, almost exclusively the disease of a protected political class in her party, you should be able to, uh, without being uh, criminalized, spread HIV to people. A disease with no known cure that is often lethal or leads to other lethal maladies because of what it does to your own immune system. I mean, I, 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 we, we, John, talk. What, what do you say? What do you say to? I don't know what to say to this. We're supposed to sit here and analyze this like analysts and you know talk about it seriously, like these are serious ideas that they are proffering. I mean, at a certain point. You just have to call it for the absurdity that it is. I mean, I, I, I can't believe that a major news network and a major political party is sitting up on stage and saying these things. And at a certain point, we have to stop sitting here and, you know, with our analyst hats on and pretend like what they are saying are serious ideas. It, 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 you know, we, it, it, it baffles me. And I really don't know what the analysis is at this point because it is so ridiculous. It is so immoral. It is so... Yep. contrary yeah. to what we believe in yeah. that at a certain point I think it does it in an injustice to actually sit here I agree with and you. discuss that's why that's why that's why I, that I, I, that wasn't a shtick I did not know my brain shut down I, I didn't know what to say I, di- I didn't know what to say to this I, I don't know that there's a just speaking strictly from a, a Christian history viewpoint here, not American history, I don't know that there's a precedent for this in the 2,000-year history of the church because we've, you know, the church has spent most of its time in the cultures it's been in being the marginalized, being the minority, okay? And, and so I, I don't, you know, I, and they had votes in first century Rome and Paul was a citizen, but they, you know, the emperor was really in charge. The, the votes were often ceremonial. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if the Saturn worshiper party ran on platforms like this, or the, you know, the 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 Jupiter worshiper party ran on a platform like this, or the right, I I, I don't know, or the libertine, you know, Greek sophist party. I, I, is there any precedent like this for that this stuff has just become normalized and mainstream? When this stuff started to happen, it's when Rome crumbled. <laughs> you know, when you had uh, the emperor, Oligopolis, or so, I think that was his name, who was a transgender and would prostitute himself out in the halls of his uh, palace. That was the beginning of the fall of the Roman Empire. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's catastrophic what is happening. And I don't even think it's genuine. I don't think these people mean what they say. You know, Kamala Harris going out there saying her pronouns. She's just trying to pander to people. I know. But it's really dangerous. With I think that's saying. actually worse, John. I've made that. I'm glad you, someone else made that point. I made that, that exact point in another setting on this program months ago, what you just said. I don't believe they're serious about that. I mean, Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire has a brilliant tweet out today. Up until six months ago, every Democrat running for president all believed that a woman had a vagina and a man had a penis. What has changed? I don't believe most of them believe this. John, I'm with you. To me, that makes it almost worse. It makes it worse. 
because it, it, it shows that they're just willing to totally abandon any semblance of reality because that's who they believe their own base is. It's worse that they don't believe it. That's even worse if, if, in my view. Todd, what do you think? Well, and that's why the left, that little, we talked about this with Kamala, how she'd like put a cheeseburger's good line a couple of weeks ago. Like she can't, I know people really dislike her, but if you're watching her, she she can't go all in on this stuff, and neither can Cuomo. And they're on the stage, and they kind of had that wink, wink, nod, nod, like, yeah, joking. And now they're paying for it. That's why people love Elizabeth Warren. Uh, were you, do you regret what you said? Yes, I do. Absolutely. I, that, and that's what the love The they, certainty of her pandering. Oh, yeah. They, the left loves that. We've bullied another one. We got her. Yes. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. We don't need to go back to Rome. I speak for myself on this. Uh, but listen, this in terms of, is there another example of how this goes? This is Third Reich stuff, folks. Uh, I know we've talked in the past, and Steve's been right about Nazi analogies are, are, are lazy. They often are. But we're living in some crazy times. This is absolutely Third Reich stuff. They're telling you who their Ubermensch is with all of this stuff. And it's the, the trannies wandering around up on stage. It's it, it, Yes, a lot of Was people- that kid wearing a brown shirt, that nine-year-old? Oh, good grief. Did you, mean, how many nine-year-olds can spell see, transgender, do you think, in America? And that's the thing. Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris may not believe it, but that mom and that little boy or little girl, or they are believe it. We're creating a a society full of madmen. There, it's and it's only going to unravel, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, and I, I I think we need to be absolutely realistic. We are living in a time of civil genuine civil war the key word you've talked about at the end uh john was injustice and this is where the debate within conservatism about uh uh are we really pursuing uh justice with is that the purpose of our government or is it david french viewpoint neutrality because if you believe that you endorse what happened where's the viewpoint neutrality on that stage this is the price of freedom david french says you need to pick a side Uh, uh, mental illness is a campaign plank child abuse as a campaign plank. And what do I mean by that? Not even, we're not even running on your, this is what I talked about before, the difference between liberals and leftists. Liberals will say you get to just do those things on your own if you want. The leftists are saying you're going to subsidize them. And we will bring the coercive force of government, Beto O'Rourke, being, they've always, they were lying to you 10 years ago when they said, how's my gay marriage going to impact you? That was a lie. Because this is this has always been about shaking my fist at God rather than accepting his forgiveness. That's what it's always been about. And so if I'm going to reject God's forgiveness and I'm going to shake my fist at him, the ultimate target here are the people who are the products and instruments of his forgiveness, the church. And, and Beto O'Rourke saying right in there, yeah, we're going we're gonna, yeah, we're to treat your church like it's an AR-15. Now, first of all, I'd love to see Beto O'Rourke up there with a Skolnick pocket protector roll into any of his native Texans' homes and try to take the AR-15. And then I'd like to see him walk into any mosque in America and say, hey, guys, maybe I ought to revisit your views on homosexuality here. All right, but we all know dude wouldn't last three seconds in that environment. But he means it. And, and they've always meant it. And this is where this was always going to go. Aaron, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, like the rest of you, I, I don't really know where to begin with that. Um, maybe maybe the silver lining. I'll, I'll start with the silver lining. Very rarely in life when you have high expectations for something, whether it's an event, whether it's a, a personal relationship, whether it's something at work, 
Uh, rarely when you have high expectations for something do those some things actually meet your expectations. Last night definitely met my expectations as far as what that was going to entail. So I guess maybe that's in a very perverse way the silver lining to that. I, I'm really – there is there is not one thing that you can isolate from what happened last night or this week, it, 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 you know, really – to say, well, this is this is the spirit of the age progressivism. I guess if you put a gun to my head, which after watching that, I feel like there already is one. I, I would say that uh, city trustee from Oak Park, Illinois, just because of how Ill, it, it, it illustrates yeah. how pervasive, yep. how systemic progressivism is in America. That woman who yells and screams and pounds on the table at one of her you white can't have city an opinion. Tr- trustees. Yeah. You can't have an opinion because you're white. That smacks of Simone Sanders to our own Ben Ferguson. Um, I think it was last year or a couple of years ago on a panel with him saying, you, you're a white man. You don't get to have an opinion about this. That is, that is, that's, that's, that's what progressivism is at its heart. And it manifests its ways and it manifests itself in any number of wicked ways. And that was on full display last night. And then you see also there, Aaron, what it does, what it does to, uh, to our own hearts and souls when it, when it establishes a beachhead and it runs its course. This is what it does to us. We, we just lose our damn minds. There's no place for sanity whatsoever. No place for accommodation whatsoever. Only only a clenched fist. You will go along with this or you will be made to care by any means necessary. Let's and I get- thought the whole point, wasn't the whole point that, you know, you don't tell me how to live my life and I won't tell you how to live yours. That was supposed wasn't to be the, the point. That was the first lie. Of, this, yeah. uh, of caving to this stuff. Yep. And they're telling us now, you can't have an opinion. They're telling white people, you can't have an opinion. They're telling men, you can't have an opinion if you're a cis male or whatever. And it's clear that their objective from the very beginning was never to let me live my life the way I want to live and let you live yours the way you want to live. Mm-hmm. That was never their intentions. And we caved and we let them do it. And now we're paying the consequences for Amen. it. Amen. Exit question on a scale of one to 10 with one being as pathetic as Lindsey Graham's T level and 10 being as vigorous as Ilan Omar's raging anti-Semitism. rank this week's level of total depravity 17. Yeah. 17 Oz is my goes, answer. Todd. Oz goes up to 11. Yes. John. I mean, I, uh, I'm going to, I have to leave space to let it go above, to let it go higher. Cause you know, it's going to get worse because there's no one saying stop. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a seven because I need to leave room for it to get crazier, which it absolutely will. Aaron, it is uh, it's yes, a- anything above ten. Issue two: NBA woke is a joke. It's been a bad week for the NBA. It all started with a pro Hong Kong tweet from Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey. That tweet set off a chain reaction of events which have caused a great deal of embarrassment to the league with some of its star players be clowning themselves on behalf of communist China. Yeah, we apologize, um, you, know, you know, we love China, we love, you know, playing there. Uh, I know for, for both of us individually, we go there, you know, once or twice a year. Uh, they show us the most important love, so, you know, we appreciate them as a fan base and uh, we love everything you know they're about, and, and, and you know we appreciate the support that they give us individually and as an organization. So, uh, you know we love you. This one just from it's a league-wide situation in our presence in China. It's just it's just a different conversation, I think, than what we have normal uh, 
coach talking about gun violence or gender equality or things that um, for us is being uh, spokespeople for people who can't speak for themselves within our communities. Multiple fans were either ejected or had items confiscated during NBA games this week for bringing pro-Hong Kong messages to those games. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver hasn't made things much better either. What I've said in that statement is the long-held values of the NBA are to support freedom of expression and certainly freedom of expression by members of the NBA community. And in this case, Daryl Morey, as the general manager of the Houston Rockets, enjoys that right as one of our employees. Um, what, what I also try to suggest is I understand that there are consequences from that exercise of, of in essence, his freedom of speech. And, you know, we, we will have to live with those consequences. And Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr's comments about China's human rights abuses really took the cake. Um, it has not come up in terms of people asking me about it, uh, people discussing it. Um, no. Nor has uh, our record of um, human rights abuses come up either. You know, um, things that our country needs to look at and resolve, um, that hasn't come up either. So none of us are perfect. And we all have uh, different issues that we have to get to. And saying that is my right as an American. I'll say this, man. Most days having Donald Trump for president of the United States is a maddening exercise. All right. But when it comes to exposing and getting people to clarify who they really are and what they really think, dude is downright apostolic. All right. It is fascinating to watch. All of the stuff that I was called crazy and how many times in my career I've had to be fired for saying this is where this ultimately is going to go and what people like this really think. And now suddenly in the last couple of years, they've all decided, let's just go ahead. You know what? Let's just do it and be legends. Let's just go ahead and throw everything out there that our consultants told us since the 60s. We can't really say. And let's, you know, let's just YOLO. And, and that is what you are saying from the American left. First question, is it time for this league just to shut up and dribble, Todd, before it does any more damage to itself? Well, it's I it's always been time to some extent, not because they're basketball players, because but you know, when you're just bad you're at it when you're dumb. and they're just showing how bad they are. Now, here's where it, it, the politicians always to some extent are, you know, doing this and that's why when steve said do they really believe it before but steve kerr and the gal in in uh oak park uh who he showed at the end yeah. there they, and they, awesome yeah and, and the mom who's yay my look at my daughter who's a boy i mean you have to listen to the crazy voices it's happening these people really do believe what they think and and so while and here colin kaepernick because nike's involved in this too that whole ad uh believe in something even if it uh it means sacrificing everything you know they we, that's a punchline and it's been exposed right now, but it's also, they, they do mean that, but it just means something different than you think it yes. means. I mean, yeah. right now they're, they're doing it. The fact that they are all circling the wagons as hard as they are, that they are willing to just propagandize as hard as they are in the face of the laugh track just shows you their long game 
is so much better than ours. They are dedicated craftsmen to this deconstruction of Western civilization that we love so much. So, yeah, they're... Steve is right. He wrote a great column about it. We need to mock it, but we can't just be the mockery has to be targeted with the long view of its own on our end. And we are too content just to say, yeah, it's so dumb that we've been doing that for decades now. And that dumb is kicking our ass. So kneel for the national anthem and stand for the Chinese anthem. John Miller, your thoughts. I I mean, it's just, again, I, 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 can't be shocked enough about this. Uh, you know, it's been bubbling under the surface for so long now. And, you know, I would, we're probably all free marketeers here. But when Donald Trump starts, uh, starts attacking China and starts going after China, the reason it resonates with uh, the American people is because they've been realizing for years, now they're outright saying it, but they've been realizing for years these companies don't actually care about them. That these companies will do anything to make a profit, even if it means selling out freedom. You know, the, the uh, general manager who tweeted about freedom walked his comments back. You're actually mm-hmm. going to walk comments back because you spoke out in favor of freedom. And so I think people have realized this for years. And now, like you said, they're just coming out and saying it. So, you know, I don't necessarily agree with Donald Trump's policy when it comes to China. However, I can totally understand the animus and the way that the American people feel like they are being screwed over by China because it's so patently clear that these companies are willing to sell the American people out just to appease uh, markets in China. We've seen it with Google. We've seen it with Apple over and over and over again. We've seen major major motion pictures make edits uh, and include subject lines. Like, remember Iron Man 3? Why why was that one asian scientist chick in the movie who had like two lines and no point to her being there that was a spe- she was specifically inserted in order to cater to the chinese but, market and an audience and that's, happened, that's why it's already been pointed out uh, top gun his yes. jacket yeah yeah they edited his jacket from the first movie in order to uh make sure that they entered into the marketplaces in china so the irony here of they they bow the knee to chinese authoritarianism while they use your government that you fund yeah to impose authoritarianism on you, I can't imagine why you why so many Americans hate these people. Yeah, this is this is Exhibit A in progressivism in uh, in trying to have their cake and eat it too. That that's what this is all about. And I, I have uh, I had an interesting conversation with uh, with a buddy of mine who goes to uh, Simpson College here, a very very lefty school, a private school here in Iowa, who is taking a, he wants to be a PE teacher someday, and yet he's being forced to take a class on essentially how to social justice warrior correctly in the classroom, and he is not taking it very seriously. I mean, he's done the work, but he's not he to this point has not really played the game the way that uh, they wanted it to be played. And uh, he had a conversation with a teacher, and he was telling me about this conversation, and it was exactly just in a different context. It was exactly what NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and what you heard from Golden State Warriors coach uh, Steve Kerr say as well, which is, you know what, we support free speech, but there are consequences to this action. And we support this, but, you know, there are consequences. And Steve Kerr saying, you know what, uh, equivocating China's 40 million and how many in the first how in many In their first years? four years, the they killed 40 million of their yes. own people. Yeah. Yes, that is, uh, that is definitely on the same level as uh, as the United States and her uh, supposed human rights abuse. But you know what? It's my it's my constitutional right to say that as well. This is proof positive. Again, this is why this is why, like you said, people just cannot stand these folks because they have it both ways all the time. 
and they are absolutely shameless about it. Either they don't have the self-awareness or they do and they just don't care. I think it's the latter. It's why 40, 24 hours ago I'd have been like, there's no way I'm voting for Trump. Today, I'll do it a couple times. Because you, you're like, the only way you can, the only way you're empowered to get back at these people is to put in front of them the object of their own scorn, right? You have like no other recourse to get back to these, at these people. Let's get to the exit question. If the future of NBA woke were an NWA song, which NWA, now Aaron was homeschooled, he has no idea who that is, okay? Which NWA song would it be? Now let me translate for the other white guys on the panel here why these songs were selected, all right? A, 100 Miles and Running meaning they can't get out of here fast enough from being woke, all right, looking for the door. B, express yourself. They can't help themselves in a social media age. Or C, appetite for destruction. This is going to end very badly. Aaron. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you did it, too, in that really tight-butted white guy voice they always use in the uh, gangster yeah. rap albums. I yeah. love that. Yes, stewardess. Uh, I yes. speak well, yes. Uh, that, Just yes. Just a little wisp in there, too. Yes. Yeah. Todd. B, express yourself. John. I, I agree, B. I'm getting out blacked here by Steve Dace against the, <laughs> the rap. I mean, I, this, is, this is problematic for me. Oh, and you but know what, John? He's going to brag about that to us later on. He will. That's a problem. I am almost ashamed about how many of those lyrics I probably still remember from high school, actually. Uh, that stuff gets hardwired into your subconscious, uh, especially when you start looking through What's the amount of songs whose titles I could not even use as options, all right, uh, for a multiple choice question? All right, when we come back, we're going to look at this poll from Fox News, which mirrors more polling, but is even more drastic, that you want Donald Trump to be impeached. We're going to get to that. And why has the left increasingly turned on the new Joker movie? We'll get to those two topics as we conclude our weekly look at the week that was the Dace Group here in a moment. Stay tuned. We've got a brand new partner with us here on the Steve Day Show. It's called Candid Co. And you know those Christmas photos, Todd? They're coming, right? Costco's got all the Christmas stuff out right now. It's under 80 days until Christmas. So no, I know you are bah humbug until like literally the Friday after Thanksgiving, right? That's your official position. It is, but I... After that montage today, I suspended it for today. You, you, so I, you, We need a little Christmas yes, right Christmas now. We Johnny Mathis. Yes, we do. <laughs> All right. What well, do you got for me? Uh, I'm yeah, open for business. You know what, though? It is time to start thinking about those holiday family photos. We would at least agree on that, right? Sure. This is usually that time of year. All right. Uh, and you don't want to be the people that go through another holiday season taking closed mouth photos while everyone else is grinning ear to ear, do you? First of all, that's creepy. All right. That's like you're auditioning for ancient aliens, not taking a holiday photo, right? If you all just sit here like this, wouldn't that be creepy? An entire family with a closed mouth? Creepy, all right? Don't be creepy, all right? Candid's aligners can help straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces. Treatment takes just six months on average. An experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates for you a custom treatment plan. Then they show you a 3D preview so you can see how your teeth are going to look after you're done. Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. 
And if you get it through Candid right now, they ship aligners directly to you. No hassle of going to an orthodontist office. And Candid costs about 65% less than braces. If you want to try it right now, you want to get photo ready for the holidays, go to candidco.com, candidco.co.com slash truthbombs. All right, candidco.com slash truthbombs. Use the code truthbombs to get $75 off. That's a nice discount. Candidco.co.com slash truthbombs. Code truthbombs to get 75% off for your family, not to do creepy holiday family photos again this year. All right, let's get back to the day group, our weekly look at the week that was. Issue three, Fox News says we want it, and we want it bad. In the midst of the ongoing Trump-Ukraine-Biden scandal-not scandal, Fox News released a new poll showing voter sentiment as it relates to impeachment. The poll found 51% of its respondents want President Trump impeached and removed from office. That's up nine points from what it was in July. The poll also sampled Trump's approval rating, which says it's down two points to 43% from where it was in September. More people now say the Trump administration is more corrupt than the previous ones. That number is at 51%, up from 46% in September. So, Aaron, I'm going to start with you, all right, because you haven't had a chance to go first yet. How much of this poll do you just call BS on? How much of it is people who you think that think Trump is really guilty of something here? And then how much of it is just a growing segment of people that are tired of the drama and they think if Trump just went away, a lot of the silliness would end? What do you think? I think it's mostly the first and the last option there, which I believe was mostly BS or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just tired of the drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's why I say that to, to begin with, because if a, a Russian collusion hoax for however many years, days, weeks that went on, seemed like a lifetime, if that didn't do the trick to, you know, getting the American people to believe that some sort of crime was committed. I don't know how a two- or three-week-old Ukrainian collusion or Ukrainian obstruction, Ukrainian crime story is going to do that. Um, I think think because of the ever-present nature of Donald Trump, it just does wear down on people. I did see a theory, this is another four-dimensional chess theory, maybe, that, you know what, people, so it's just not wanna, true. people just want to show, and so the best way to get that at this point is by having some sort of impeachment. Um, I don't buy that quite as much. I think it's more likely that people are just tired of this. But I think the reason why people are tired of this is the reason why this might also be BS as well. The reason why this might be BS, I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sensitive to this term called cultural jamming. I think yeah. just when you jam yep. the fact, allegedly, that this person is corrupt and that he's terrible, orange man bad, when you jam orange man, man bad into the culture long enough, guess what? Orange man bad. Uh, that's that's the general, for one reason or another, it doesn't maybe mean the, the reason that the cultural jammers uh, maybe uh, have behind it. It may be just because you're tired of it. But I think this might be, if, if Donald Trump didn't tweet as well, I think the media would have far less, far less leverage than they do right now. But be, but added to the fact that he tweets all the crazy stuff that he tweets, sometimes they're entertaining, but sometimes they're not. Added to a, a, adding that to what's already what was already going to be 
a very hostile and very opposition media, it doesn't do any favors as well. So yes, it's a little bit BS because of the cultural jamming, but I think it's the cultural jamming that has people just sick and tired of this. By the way, if you want to know what Aaron means by jamming, f- fantastic book written more than 10 years ago by a guy named David Capellian called The Marketing of Evil. It's on my list of books that I think every American should be forced to read before they get a voter registration card. And he goes into what this means and, and really lays out a lot. Hey, a lot of the stuff you saw in that town hall last night, Capellian in his book, The Marketing of Evil, lays out these sorts of tactics more than a decade ago that are kind of our everyday natural habitat nowadays. Todd, what do you think? Which of these three options? And if you think there's another option, well, you can go with that too. I'm, I'm absolutely entertaining uh, the first one because... To- the total BS option. Yeah, yeah because... Well, enough of BS that it's... You know, it it, it changes the sh- it, the shape of how we should view this uh, election because listen, we know Fox was comfortable putting its thumb on the scales of this election back in 2016. Uh, you, you mean during the primary? During the primary, yeah. it, it flat out chose Trump, and it went with that after originally trying to get rid of Trump. Yes, early at first. Yeah. So you know, it's trying to figure out which way the wind blows. How wind blows? How are we going to get those clicks? Yo, have we maxed out the Trump business model? Is there less to lose by going against Trump now than would have been the case a, a year ago, two years ago? All I know is it's put its thumb on the scales before. So I, I'm absolutely. Uh, open to uh entertaining that um but you know the as soon as i think that though you mentioned and it's up to you if you want to bring up the little bit of news you did off air uh before but then i see something like that and i have to weigh the third option oh the the saudi arabia thing correct i didn't want to say it so 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 we have to we forget what the argument is we're going to keep a campaign promise and so we're going to get out of we're going to leave the the Kurds and and the mm-hmm. that are protecting the Christian community in northern Syria, um, because what do we have like a hundred troops there essentially mm-hmm. keeping some form of a peace? We're getting out of there uh, because that was my campaign promise to be all America firsty. And then the next day I'm going to say you know well hey the the Kurds weren't there with us on D Day even though like none of those Kurds were actually alive mm-hmm. at that point. And then the following day this morning just as we're on the air uh, the Pentagon has announced. We're going to send, I think it said a couple thousand troops and, and weapons to Saudi Arabia to protect the Saudi Arabian borders. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, just, let's, let's all set aside, I don't even know what John's position on this whole thing is. Let's just set aside what we, what we each individually think about Kurds and they're not the same as the Iraqi Kurds and how many Christians are in Northern. Let's set all that aside for a minute. How do you message to the American people? I'm going to, I'm pulling a hundred troops out from fighting alongside people who have been our allies. And and I'm doing it because you guys are tired of endless war, which we're all tired of, right? But then the, and 48 hours later, I'm going to send a whole bunch more troops to Saudi Arabia so, instead. How do you message that to the American people? I don't understand that. Well, uh, Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. And so back when, uh, years ago, when we were dealing with what's going down with Judge Moore in Alabama, and I basically said, I can't, I can't, work on this harder than you apparently are willing to do to fight for your own good name. I'm in the same place with Donald Trump. I can't, you, if you want people like us to just accept the fact that you're kind of a miscreant, you you, you got to show me more often. You, you I, There needs to be a return you can't, on investment. You can't have your own Pentagon when you put out an order saying yes. we're not going to have gender dysphoria in the military say yeah. we're just going to disavow that and ignore it. Yeah. You, when you make a statement that we're pulling out of northern Syria because it's time to start bringing our troops home and this is the first step, 48 hours 
hours later, you can't send 20 times that amount of troops to freaking Saudi yes. Arabia if, of all places. Is that what you're if saying? I'm, if I'm going to swallow personal incoherence, I, you can't. You have to give me actual uh, policy coherence every once in a while, and we just never get it. John, you're going to get the last word. Go ahead. Take your time. Is there a strategy? I, I say that as a serious question. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm probably more isolationist than, than, than you guys are. And, you know, I was applauding his removal of troops from Syria. But then, as you said, when you send them to Saudi Arabia, might I add who the terrorists for 9-11, right. the whole situation that got us into this war on terror, supposedly, were from Saudi Arabia. You're going to send troops there? I mean, it, so I, I, I don't know what the uh, I, I don't know what the strategy is. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the actual plan, because I think there needs to be a plan. Uh, you can't just be, you know, uh, a hodgepodge of different ideas. And, you know, Javanka decides to inform him on one thing. And then, you know, Bolton, who's out, but, you know, still Bolton had ideas like you have to have a coherent strategy. And I'm I, and I don't think I'm seeing one. Exit question. I'm putting the over under on Republicans in the Senate who will vote to remove Trump from office at three and a half. Are you taking the over or the under, Aaron? Over. Todd. I'm s- still taking the under, but I'm thinking a lot harder about it than I did last week. John, what do you think? You think it's over and under? Three and I a half. Think it's over. I think, think it's over. John, I think it's far more likely Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin vote to retain Trump than Mitt Romney, Lamar Alexander, Susan Collins. What do you think of that? Yeah, I, I think I would say that's probably accurate. You know, I think that at a certain point, um, they, they, they have to realize how ridiculous it is. And I'm still waiting for an impeachable offense. You know, if you can show me something right. that he did right. that that is impeachable, fine. But they're now you're not you're not moved by the argument that if Joe Biden wasn't running for president, using your own bureaucracy to investigate corruption from a government you're subsidizing would be totally OK. But because Joe Biden is running for president, any alleged corruption he was a part of is supposedly you investigating. It makes you impeachable. You don't think you don't think that's a solid argument, John. I'm really shocked. You're not you're not persuaded by that, that if Joe Biden was running for president, it'd be fine to bust his ass. But since he is, he's totally immune. That's the argument, isn't it? Really? Yes. That if Joe Biden was a private citizen, this would be fine. Right. Yes. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, I, I, th- I think that's absolutely right. And I think that, you know, at a certain point, you have to wonder what, I mean, they're investigating him now to find the impeachable offenses. So, you know, they, they, they have no argument. And to say that, you know, it's, it's uh, that phone call with the Ukraine and we're still waiting to find out who this whistleblower is. We're still waiting to find out what this whistleblower's analysis of a phone call that we've all read was. Uh, it's just not adding up. And so I think they really just don't have an argument. And I think it's because they can't win. In 2020, I honestly, I truly believe that they are not they are not uh, comfortable with their situation and they don't think they can win. And so they think this is the only way they can get them out of office. All right, let's get to issue four quickly. The Joker. I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize it's a comedy. The new movie, Joker, an origin story about a comic book villain's fast descent into serial-killing madness, has seemingly caused the left to lose its own mind. Take a few of these headlines from CNN alone. 
Joker, the film about a marginalized clown who goes on a killing rampage, is facing a wave of criticism that it glorifies a killer and could encourage copycat attacks. Rock and Roll Part 2, a song by convicted child sex offender Gary Glitter, plays for about two minutes as Joaquin Phoenix, who plays the Joker, dances down a flight of stairs. The true appeal of the new Joker movie lies in its invidious validation of white male resentment that helped bring President Trump to power, writes Jeff Yang. And Joker is a cash grab by a major studio, in this case Warner Brothers, like CNN, a unit of Warner Media, which capitalizes on intellectual property of 80 years of history. Let's get a quick round here on this because we're short on time. More and more, we have seen lefty critics turning on this movie. Todd, why? Well, there's multiple reasons. I, I go back to when we were younger, Steve, and there was always that guy and who had to not like the songs that became popular, even if they were legitimately great songs. He just had it, and a lot of these, they just they have they're iconoclastic, so they have got to break things that regular people like, and they just have to tell you why you're Jack Black stupid. and High Fidelity. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I flirted with that in college, actually. <laughs> Aaron, what do you think? I actually have changed my thinking on this a little bit. I think it is because uh, the left, they are the people that we've been waiting for, as we always know. And if you've watched this movie, you know that whether or not you agree with it, the finger is pointed back on you right. as to why the Joker is or ended up the way that he did. The finger is pointed at the audience. And I don't think the left, the left does not have a very good track record of taking any sort of responsibility for any sort of evil because, as I just said, they are the people we've been waiting for. So I don't think it's the resist sign by the Joker's followers. I think that's part of it, but I think it's just because the left, by its very own nature, is really incapable of taking responsibility or feeling any sort of shame whatsoever. You get the last word, John, go. Yeah, I think that it's... I mean, this movie, you know, we've had this epidemic of, of disenfranchised white men and white male shooters um, that the left is pretending that they care about and want to find a solution to. Um, and I do think, you know, and, and it's a movie, so it's not, you know, perfect analysis. But I do think, you know, the movie sort of shed light on that. Um, and they're furious about it. So, you know, I think if they really want to find solutions to, you know, what is happening to people in America to make them into these crazy mass killers, which, you know, I agree is an issue that we should uh, look more into then you're going to have to be able to to swallow these kinds of pills that are in the form of this movie. But at the end of the day, I think the movie was a, uh, you know, it's still an entertainment film. So I think they're looking a little bit too much into it in terms of an uh, analyzing it and figuring out, you know, what the message was. I think it was still just trying to entertain Americans. Let's get to predictions brought to you by our friends at Relief Factor. If you're one of millions of Americans struggling with chronic pain as a result of inflammation in the body, Relief is just one click away. Get the starter kit at Relief Factor for three weeks for only $19.95. That's how confident they are in this product, that it works. They offer it to you for a buck a day just to get you started. And if you don't see any results, you're out only a dollar a day. But if you do, you'll stick around. And take my word for it, you're likely to stick around because I'm a huge proponent of Relief Factor. It's a daily part of my regimen post work out, get up in the morning. It's really improved my quality of life. And I love the fact it's drug-free, all natural ingredients meant to help the body uh, heal itself rather than just drugging and treating symptoms. If you want to try Relief Factor, what do you have to lose? Except maybe finally, hopefully the pain, a dollar a day is all it costs right now. At relieffactor.com, get the starter kit for a dollar a day at relieffactor.com. Let's get to predictions. Todd, go. 
Uh, the Joker will be totally ignored at the Oscars. John. I think you're right, Todd, about that. Uh, my prediction is I think Booker's going to be the next person to drop out of the race. Cory Booker. For those of the, that, like most Americans, that forgot he was actually still in <laughs> right, it. Exactly, and that is exactly why. Yes. Aaron. Uh, despite having better stats, uh, Patrick Mahomes will lose the MVP race to Deshaun Watson. So I've got two predictions this week. One of them is I think you're going to see two top 10 teams lose this week in college football. Now, one of them is a guarantee because Florida and LSU are playing each other. All right. But somewhere among Iowa, Penn State, uh, so that would be Penn State, USC, Notre Dame. So that would be Notre Dame, Alabama, Texas A&M. That would be Alabama. Somewhere else in that group, another top 10 team, I believe, is going to lose. You think it's possible A&M pulls the upset? I do. Because Alabama is a one-dimensional team. Now, that one dimension's great, but that's they're a one-dimensional team. Yeah. All right, here's my other prediction. And, John, this is coming right down, right down your main street there in Washington, D.C., all right? Urban Meyer is going to be the next coach of the Washington Redskins. Hmm. <laughs> Why? Because I don't think it's it's a I don't think it's a lead pipe. I've never bought the whole USC thing from the beginning of the year. I think Clay Helton will win enough games. I think it's more problematic bringing him back to a college program, particularly in a very liberal market like that, with what went on at Ohio State and Florida. And uh, and and I think it's he loves a challenge, and it's the one thing he hasn't tried yet. Not to mention who's the quarterback they just drafted last year. His quarterback. His quarterback. All right, that he was the last quarterback he had at Ohio State. That so, might be the reason he does. I mean, that specific job, though. I agree, pro wise, but man, it, I don't know if he. I mean, he knows a thing that tra- whether it translates into pro. I could see a scenario too where the Cincinnati Bengals realize they made a huge mistake with the coach they hired with who has no resume, the Zach Taylor. Fire him after one year and have Urban Meyer come in as the Ohio favorite son. I could see that yeah, scenario too. Agreed, John. Good to have you back on the show, man. Thanks. Good, good to see, to see you. you. Take care. Take care. All right, we've got hour two coming up, Feedback Friday. And I'm going to begin with a familiar complaint. And I'm going to see if I can reason with it. Maybe I'm missing something. All right, we're going to do that and more as Feedback Friday gets underway with hour number two. Next right here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Stay tuned. And we're back, hour number two here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on The Blaze, radio, TV, and podcast. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review if you haven't done so already. And even if you have, consider leaving us another one. In fact, just keep leaving them unless they don't let you do that. But if they do let you do that, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know what I'm saying. Thank you to all of you, thousands of you that have left us those five-star reviews in the podcast platform you prefer, because the more of those we get, the more people like you, the algorithms help us to find, and then the more likely we are to get to keep doing this for you, the people. So please, if you haven't done so yet, please give it a thought. Thank you. 888-900-3393 is the number. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And again, the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. The conversation we just had uh, with John Miller on the Dace Group, and he brought up the, the, the NBA, another example of how these American businesses, industries, corporations will just sell out America and America's interests to foreign governments uh, if, if it mean, and, and our, even our own freedoms if it means uh, th- they can make a buck. 
that's another reminder. When you have the opportunity to do business with a good product, that mirrors your values to take advantage of it. It's really hard to live in America today without a mobile phone. That's why you want to take a look at Patriot Mobile. All right, It's the only veteran-led conservative mobile phone company. You get all of the same network-wide, nationwide coverage uh, that you get from all of the big wigs, but with plans starting as low as $25 a month. And instead of taking the profits that you give them and then mobilizing them against what you believe, Patriot Mobile does so in defense of your causes. In fact, they've given about $2 million just the last few years uh, to various conservative causes and values across the country out of their own profits. All right. And they've got outstanding deals for you. There's still time to get that Moto Z3 Play, one of the hottest pieces of tech on the market right now. There's still time to get that Moto Z3 Play for only $5 a month, but they're running out. All right, so don't hesitate. And back by popular demand, they'll waive an activation fee on up to two lines when you join, but you've got to use the offer code Blaze to take advantage of that. So go to patriotmobile.com slash Blaze right now to make the switch. Patriotmobile.com slash Blaze. Again, that's patriotmobile.com slash Blaze. You guys ready for some feedback Friday? Always. You bet. All right, I'm going to begin. You know, I don't get too many of these anymore. And, and most of the time when I get them, I just delete them. I don't even engage them. And I, and I don't get them as frequently as I used to because we've probably either run off the people who use this line of conversation or they've just given up trying to engage us on this level and are just trying to see, and they appreciate other areas where we might agree, right? And this person was insufferable enough not to fall into those two categories? <laughs> no, but... Since we haven't done this conversation in a while, huh. and in light of how how tough some of my criticism has been this week, I thought this might be a good opportunity to re-engage this topic and to try to do so now that I'm not uh, as worn down by it as I have been in the past. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm in a place uh, mentally where I can be a little bit more courteous hmm. than I was when I was getting more of these on a regular basis. What could this okay? topic be? All right. This is from E. Huffman, and uh, she writes, You are making no sense, Steve. I'm going to read this whole thing, and then I'm going to take it point by point from that point on, okay? You are making no sense, Steve. I started watching you because I thought you were politically savvy and a true Christian. I'm ready to turn you off now because you bash Trump every day and cannot be objective. I did not vote for Donald Trump last time, but would vote for him now. I am not an idol worshiper, as Todd suggests, either. He has been so hampered by the Democrats and, dare I say, well-meaning folks like you that he hasn't had a chance. You condemn him at every turn because he doesn't live up to your standards. I think you cannot let go of Cruz's loss. It was hard for me also because he was my choice. Realistically, Ted was not tough enough to fight this darkness that is trying to engulf us. Try to be more objective, and I hope to keep watching. Do you realize how much like the Donald you really are? All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take these point by point, okay? I started watching you because I thought you were politically savvy and a true Christian. And I'm ready to turn you off now because you bash Trump every day and cannot be objective. Well, we don't bash Trump every day. In fact, just about an hour ago, I said I'd probably vote for him a couple times after what I watched last night, right? Did I not just say that? That's true. But that notwithstanding, let's just say your point is true, E. Huffman. Do you understand that you're, you're and, and maybe you don't intend this, okay? And, and I need to cut people like you more slack. You don't do this professionally like I do, you know? 
And so you're not, you know, I, I, you may know how to rough your house. Let me choose another example. You may know how to change the, your siding on your home, okay? You got a YouTube video out, you're handy, you're not a DIY, you, you can do it, right? And save yourself a few thousand dollars from hiring a contractor, and you can do it, okay? But even if you do that job well, can you do that as, as a practice as well as somebody who does it professionally and does it all the time? No. No, you can't. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like you, like you, you're, you, you can do it. You, you're, you're handy. You know how the basic concepts, right? You can, but, but even if you can do it in your own home and you can do it well enough, are you as good at it as somebody who does it professionally and has practiced at this as a skill form? No, because this is their skill. They're doing it constantly. Okay. So I, I probably need to acknowledge some of you don't, a lot of you just don't do argumentation for a living like we do. And you may not even understand the point that you're making, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to give you the benefit of the doubt on every one of your criticisms. The way you have framed your argument here, E. Huffman, is that I'm not a true Christian because I bash Trump every day. I'm going to set aside that that's actually not even true, all right? But I'm going to set that aside and just grant your point that that's all that we do, okay? You're, the, the way you have framed this is that you're judging the, the capability of my faith and the sincerity of it by my ability uh, to discern and judge Donald Trump in, in, in the way you see fit. Can you understand, therefore, why Todd might call such behavior frequently idolatry? Because the, the framing of your argument here is that the sincerity of my belief system as a Christian is not my fidelity to Christ, but to Trump. I doubt that's exactly what you meant by that. But that is the that. But you you are, you are the one that sent us the note, and the and I didn't edit anything. I I actually, I'm reading exactly what you sent to me. You're the one that connected you, and you led with that. You chose to go there. So those of you who think like this in the future. If you want us to take your arguments seriously, we don't believe everyone who has a different opinion on Trump than us is an idolater. You believe that? Not at all. You Not a, no, I don't believe that at all. You just had one on your show. John Miller doesn't yes. think the same way yes. about Trump as we do. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. But if you don't want, if you don't want us to assume you are, don't you begin your argument with, you're not a true Christian because you don't see Donald Trump the same way I do. That's an idolatrous argument. May not be your intent. All right, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to, I, and I'm being sincere. I'm really trying to give as much benefit out as I can. That's an idolatrous argument. The idea that someone's Christian faith is judged by any relationship other than their relationship to Jesus himself. That someone's Christian faith is judged by fidelity or integrity in any manner other than their fidelity and integrity as it relates to Christ. Is that fair? And as we go along with this, because I know there's people in our audience that think like, like this, they're really sincere and well-meaning patriots. I want to I take this with as much benefit of that out as I possibly can. You're being very generous. I'm trying, and I'm trying to be, actually. I'm trying to be. I, this is actually, yeah, you're trying hard and harder than I'm in the mood to try right now, so I respect that. <laughs> then maybe I need to go to Aaron, although if I have to go to Aaron for, for, for hope. <laughs> The big yellow one is the sun. 
Is his mom watching today? If I have to go to Aaron for home. I, I had to self-edit in the middle of that. I had to stop myself. Realizing, what have I done? Okay? Um, the reality is my viewpoint of Donald Trump has nothing to say about my Christian faith. Provided that I don't um, determine my Christian faith by my viewpoint of Donald Trump. Meaning the only way my viewpoint of Donald Trump could have anything to say about my Christian faith is if I let my Christian faith be impacted by my view of Donald Trump. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Yeah. Okay. All right. Independent of that, you can agree, disagree, vehemently and vigorously so either way. But it has, unless it, unless it impacts my Christian faith, it has no bearing on it. I did not vote um, for Donald Trump last time, but would vote for him now. I literally just said an hour ago on this show. And, and to be fair, because this email came in yesterday as we were doing the show, is this morning the first time I have come in here and said, no. guys, if we had the election today, I'm there. And is that, is that even, I'm asking, is it the first time I've done that? Not no. even the first time you've come in. And one of the first things you say, even before we're on the air, mind you, uh, I'm going to vote a couple times. It's not so this even the is, first time. So there. this is not even the first time we, I've even made this point. No. On the air. Okay. Um, he has been so hampered by the Democrats. Let's stop with that. The first half of his first term, the Republicans had total control of government. And all we got is $100 a month or $100 a pay period tax cut. That's what you got. No wall, no border security. Planned Parenthood still getting a half, you know. Now, now I'll give him credit on the Planned Parenthood thing, and we did. It's token. It's not much. It's about. It's what did we say? It was about two percent of their actual operating budget is what he has mm-hmm. defunded from Title Ten. But did we also not point out it's also a hundred percent more than anybody else's sure. defunded him in Washington D.C. So we give him credit for that. He has done the most. He, he well, I, I can make. I would make the argument he can even do more. But has he done more than anybody else? And have we pointed that out? Yeah. But the, you know, the first two years he was in office, he had total Republican control. We couldn't repeal Obamacare. Well, the Republicans were against him. Well, uh, I agree. Did he use his bully pulpit to, to push back on them, to rally the conservative base, to push back on Team GOP? No, he went out there and actually has endorsed a whole bunch of rhinos in, in primaries. That's actually what he's done. So, you know... If you didn't, if you didn't want to be hampered by the Democrats, and that's the Democrats have only been in control for nine months. The Republicans were in control for two full years of everything. Maybe if he had gotten them to do more, the Democrats wouldn't be in control right now. Just, just point blank, guys. You know, are the are the odds higher or lower that Nancy Pelosi is Speaker right now if 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 Obamacare had been repealed like the Republicans promised fifty times? Do you think they're higher or lower? If it, yeah, if it had been appealed, it's lower. Yeah. Think the odds are higher or lower. Nancy Pelosi is the speaker right now. Uh, if we had militarized the border and stopped what it, the chicanery and criminality that's going on lower. down there, lower. lower. Think the think think um, the Nancy. The odds of Nancy Pelosi being speaker would be higher or lower uh, if he had locked her up. Lower. I, I totally agree. I think. May not be much lower. We don't know. Maybe it's a decimal point or two, but 
You know, yeah, the it, spread would, might just be a field goal, yeah, but, but it's it, still it wouldn't yeah. have hurt. We, at the no. very least, we know this: might not have won the game, yeah. but it wouldn't have lost it, right? right. We at least know that, right? Okay, let's continue. Uh, he has been hampered so much by the Democrats, and dare I say, well-meaning folks like you. I wish I had the power. How many shows have I done where I have tried to yeah. give constructive advice? I have several friends that work in and around the White House. I talk to them frequently. You guys have been privy to some of those conversations off the air. I have, I have done far more publicly and privately to try to help this administration than I ever envisioned I was going to do when I sat here and was never Trump three, three years ago. And you know why I did it? I do it is because I care more about the country than being right about never Trump. That's why. That's why. I'll, you know what? I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to. I have a, a good friend of mine who's connected to a couple of billionaires. You know, what the hell? You only live once, right? We're in an era where we got nine presidential candidates running on, spread AIDS, no crime, and nine-year-olds can mutilate and you pay for it, right? Yep. Why not? YOLO. We can, our side can do it too. I have a good friend of mine, really good friend, one of the most politically connected people I know, who's got a couple of uh, billionaires, B, with a letter B, who are, have been hesitant about supporting Trump in the past, but want to present him something that he has the power to do. And in exchange for him doing so, and it would be something we would all be in favor of. I'm, I'm not going to say it because I want to give anybody else the idea. But it would be something we would all be in favor of. Have you guys seen me in the last couple of weeks kind of dip out of here and take a quiet call or something? It's about this matter I'm, t- I'm addressing right here. Something we would all be in favor of. And they will put substantial resources behind helping him get reelected if he does this. And man, we're struggling to get past, between him and I's combined connections, we're struggling to get past first base with this. It, it, it would be something 100% of you in this audience, regardless of what you think of Donald Trump, 100% of you would support. And we're struggling to get past first base with this. So... I've, I've actually tried to do far more, both publicly and behind the scenes. Stuff you guys don't even know about. You know, um, I, I don't have any grudges. That, that, you know, I can't get, let go of Cruz's loss. Was, did you guys hear me talk about this on the air or off all the time? No. I bring it up constantly. You know what? I actually only have one grudge about Ted Cruz losing. And everybody knows what it is. And has, actually, it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It's the dumbass way we as a campaign handled the stupid Ben Carson. We stole the election from Ben Carson crap, right? That's, that's the thing you know you can't bring up around me. What did Donald Trump have to do with that? Zero. Nothing. Nothing. We did this all to ourselves. All right? And, 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 and wasted six months of work winning Iowa and setting ourselves up to win beyond that. And, and, and wasted the, the largest turnout in an Iowa caucus of all time because we had to spend the next three weeks defending ourselves about something we weren't ever, we didn't even do. Ben Carson wasn't even a legitimate presidential candidate, guys. He campaigned in Iowa like three times in a year. He was just here to sell books, okay? 
wasn't, he was, wasn't even attempting to win. It was a book-selling campaign. And we sit here, and, and Ted apologized 75 times. You know what? I'm going to stop. Because I do have a grudge from 2016. It actually has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It's this stuff, self-inflicted stuff. That's, that's the thing that I cannot get over. Um, and then I, I, I don't know why so many of you feel compelled to tell me that you supported Cruz in the primary as yep. if this has been, I've, I've, I've been fascinated with this. Like, like that somehow means that your opinion has more credibility or I, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, you, I don't, I mean, if you, if you I think I have demonstrated if I don't like you, but I think you're right, I'll go along with it. And if you don't like me and I think you're right, I'll go along with it. And if I do like you and I think you're wrong, I won't go along with it. And if you like me and I think you're wrong, I won't go along with it. You don't need to tell me you voted for Ted Cruz. I, I don't care if you didn't vote in the primary at all. It doesn't tell me the credibility of your argument. The credibility of your argument gives me the credibility of your argument. All right. This again goes to, we judge each other by these decisions and things. That, uh, no. I, I don't play that game. You know, we, people tried that with me in the Kurds earlier this week. Oh, now you want to do a Lindsey Grant? What are you, three? That's a child argument. I'm sorry. Associate, associative arguments like that are the arguments kids make. You know, if Lindsey Graham thought my wife was really nice, should I decide that she's not? Because Lindsey Graham decided that, and I don't like Lindsey Graham. Right? That, that's not a real argument. Okay? So you don't need to tell me you supported Cruz in the primary. The primary ended on, what was it, May 3rd, 2016, three and a half years ago. You guys keep bringing it up to me and then say, I can't let it go. You're the ones that bring it up all the time, not me. It doesn't tell me anything about the credibility of your argument. Are we going to get to a real argument eventually? I'm just going through what's in the, what's in the email, Todd. That's all I'm trying to do. All right. Ted was not tough enough to fight this darkness that's trying to engulf us. I don't I literally don't even know what that means. I, I don't. I don't, I don't know what that means. Does that mean you think if Ted had been the nominee, he would have, he would have had people chant lock her up and then not locked her up? What, I mean, it, what does that, what does, do you know what that means? Well, what darkness has Trump thwarted? We just got done talking about that yeah. Democrat ridiculousness. What has been thwarted? I, I don't know. See, I think, yeah, I'm going to go here. See, you know what I think the real difference E. Huffman, between you and I, and people like you and me, is, is you, you believe Donald Trump is a righteous instrument against evil. I don't. I believe that he can be, but, he, but, it's, but it's not a state of being. You guys, in the end, believe the Republican Party is an instrument of righteousness against evil. There it is. I don't. I believe it can be. Now, what's the difference? That you guys in the end, what you think is because he's an op, because these people don't like him, that makes him the righteous instrument. No, doing righteousness is what makes you a righteous instrument. I wholeheartedly agree that the Lord uses flawed people. 
How many unflawed people are sitting here on this stage today? There's three people here. Aaron, unflawed, yes or no? I am flawed. Todd, unflawed, yes or no? I am flawed. Yeah. You know why? Of course the Lord loses, uses flawed people. He can only use flawed people because we are all flawed. This argument is a fallacy. It doesn't, it, it, it's the conservative version of everything's relative. It's the conservative version of there's no such thing as absolute truth. You know, the stuff that leftists use that are self-refuting arguments. Well, there's only flawed people. So of course the Lord uses flawed people. He only can use flawed people for none are righteous. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are unrighteous. Therefore, all of us are flawed. And therefore, he can only use flawed people. So yes, the Lord uses flawed people. But there's a, there's a group of you that think that he, as, as, when he gets up in the morning, Donald Trump is an instrument of righteousness. I don't believe that. I think Donald Trump, by his decisions that he makes as a leader, decides whether he is an instrument of righteousness or not. And so tell me, E. Huffman, what am I to do What am I to do when earlier this week he abandoned thousands of Christians in northern Syria and I didn't say the Kurds? It's funny. Everybody keeps saying those those Kurds are Marxist. Did I say the Kurds were Christian? No. Have I said that this entire week? In fact, we had my foreign policy expert buddy on the show. Did I allow him to define the fact that those Kurds aren't Christians and Marxists? Did we not just have this conversation on the show? We did. Yes. Okay. So, So the Kurds in northern Syria are not the same as the Christians in northern Syria. Right? There's a heavily Christian community in northern Syria. They are aligned primarily with the Kurds in northern Syria because they have a mutual enemy in Assad. Is that an accurate statement? Okay. So earlier this week, we're going to abandon those people to the Turks. And we're going to do so because we're pulling out. We got to keep our campaign promises. By the way, have, have, I've been a staunch advocate of this approach unilaterally, Right. You say I can't credit the president? Did I not say in May of 2017, after he spoke in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, that was the best foreign policy speech a president has given post 9-11, and I hope it's the foreign policy of his presidency. How many times have I said that? We almost always have the conversations that people say we don't have. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) Right. And so, in fact, even earlier this week, I said I would have muted my criticism if we were unilaterally just pulling out of Syria altogether, right? Mm-hmm. Have you got Todd? You've worked with me for five years. Have I ever urged the U.S. to make foreign policy decisions on the, that? I think it's the U.S. Army's goal and and mission to defend uh, the, uh, Christian persecution around the globe. Have I made that case ever one time? No, not broadly speaking. No. no. And so, what I don't understand is why did we abandon the very people who have fought and died alongside with us, the Kurds, in northern Syria? When Afghanistan is a nothing burger, it provides no strategic value at all, and we're still sending body bags home from there. Well, then tell me what I'm supposed to do, E. Huffman, when this afternoon the White House announces that we're going to send troops to freaking Saudi Arabia. You should polish your idol harder. Yeah, so, so that was Todd. Again, I'm trying to take these, give everybody the benefit of the doubt again. Tell me what I'm supposed to do with that. Make sense of this for me. So let's, we're going to abandon the, the people who have been, who in various sects, in, on various continents, by the way, for decades, have been fighting and dying with us. And oh, by the way, as a throw-in, happen to be protecting upwards of maybe 100,000 Christians in northern Syria. Let's, let's say that number is exaggerated and it's half of that, 50. That's still a lot. But we're going to do that so we can turn right around and send troops to the very country that sent 
every all, all but one, I think, of the 9-11 hijackers here. Help me, help me. I'm asking for your help, E. Huffman. You help me. You tell me how I am supposed to receive that information. How I'm supposed to affirm it, approve it, ignore it. I would like to know. If there's a way I can do this, you know how much money I would have made these last few years if I would do the things you want me to do? And, and I'm, I'd like to make a lot more money. So unlock, unlock my retirement for me. Unlock my daughter's future wedding dates. Unlock my, 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 my son's future college education for me. I'd love this, please. Please, tell me how I can make sense of all the information I just gave you without completely contradicting my own belief system and ignoring reality. Because there's a market for me to do it, if there is. All kinds of people would pay me handsomely to do this. So what is it, please? I don't, I don't know. I, I think I'm smart. Maybe I'm not. I don't know how to make any moral sense of that. And this stuff happens all of the time. Why, if, if tariffs aren't hurting American farmers, why do we have to bail out the farmers from the tariffs? Do you know the answer to that? Nope. Neither do I. If tariffs are hurting the Shycoms and not the American people, why do we have to, ta- why do we have to put the tariffs off until after the Christmas shopping season so that it wouldn't hurt the American economy? Do you know the answer to that? Nope. I'd like to know answers to this, these things. Two months ago, the U.S. Supreme Court said Trump had the power to divert money from the Department of Homeland Security to build a wall, right? He won that case at the U.S. Supreme Court. We haven't diverted any money to do that. Do you know why that is the case? Nope. Can, I, I want, I, help me, help me, please. I'm asking for help. There's an, the amount of money I'm leaving on the table, somebody with my platform and, and, and God-given talent, there's, there's, there's people that would line up to line my pockets to take advantage of my ability to do this. And I keep telling them no because I can't think of a way to do this that doesn't make me look like a clown. But if there's a way, let me know. Please. I, I don't know how to make sense of a lot of this stuff. And then even in spite of all that, one of the first things I said on the show today, if the election were today, I'd go in and vote for him a couple of times. I'm going to have more to say about this here in just a moment. All right. But first, you know those annoying robocalls that you're getting right now? It's people often looking to get a hold of your identity information so they can use it against you later. And it's not just for identity theft, because if you don't have identity theft protection, you should. But it's so they can then claim to be you in areas where your identity theft protection does not protect you. The FBI says one of the ones you need to worry about is called home title fraud or home equity theft. It's the most important investment most Americans will ever have is their own home. For a lot of us, it's our retirement nest egg, et cetera. All right. And so what happens is these scammers get your personal identity. They then go online where your mortgage is kept, where your, where your home title is kept. They log in as you make it look like they sold, you sold your home to them. And now they walk away with your investment, all of that equity. Don't let it happen to you when, especially for just pennies a day, home title lock will prevent it from happening by putting a virtual barrier around your home's title. If they defend detect anything nefarious at all they mobilize immediately to defend your home your most important investment and right now they're offering you 60 risk-free days of protection that's 60 risk-free days of protection if you go to hometitlelock.com again that's hometitlelock.com i'm going to finish responding to e huffman's note here on feedback friday in a moment 
If you're struggling to meet your weight loss goals, you know, willpower only takes you so far. Your body was created to crave and conserve calories because it's only been, you know, within the last hundred some odd years of human history that food was readily available for the masses. Heck, even in 2019, there's plenty of places on earth where that's not the case. All right, so what do you do with food readily available but your body made to crave and conserve calories and you're trying to get healthier again? Well, the good news is there's this molecule your creator put in your body as well. It's called OEA. It's actually got a longer name than that, but that's the abbreviation. And all it does is send the signal. It's how the brain knows when the belly is full. But, you know, it's a little bit like... Um, when you ignore a speed bump and drive over it long enough, it starts to flatten out, right? And when you haven't worked out in a long time and then you try to be a weekend warrior, it doesn't work out, right? The, that muscle memory is not there. Same thing goes with this OEA. When we've been overeating for so long, the body's just not as used to responding to it uh, in its current form. And that's where Riduzone comes in. All it wants to do is boost your OEA in your body with more OEA. That's all that it is. That's why it's FDA accepted, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, not loaded with uh, chemicals and caffeine and and preservatives and additives. Uh, it's just OEA. That's all that it is. So your body can start learning again how to control your cravings and your portion sizes because it's not what you're eating. It's how much you're eating. All right. So if you want to give it a shot, three months supply right now, 90 days, that's what it takes to really uh, get a, a good habit forming usually in most of our psyches. All right. Three months, 30% off. If you use my name, Steve, as a promo code at riduzone.com. Three months, 30% off promo code Steve at R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. Two more final things on E. Huffman's email, then we're going to move on. Number one. If there has been a righteous cause that Donald Trump or the Republican Party has engaged in that we opposed, by all means, bring it to our attention and we'll own it. Now, we can't cover and follow every little thing. So I'm sure they have done some things we, we either didn't mention or support. Okay, we can't cut. We, we're not omniscient. We're people. But if you know of something they have done righteous that we opposed, by all means, Bring that specifically to our attention, and we will address it. I think that's perfectly fair, don't you? Sure. Do you guys think that's fair? Yeah. Todd? I'm waiting. Okay. Secondly, back to this instrument of righteousness thing. A lot of you think Donald Trump is an instrument of righteousness in and of himself. And so that's, that's where, when he's being attacked, you feel the need to defend him. I don't. I feel the need to defend him when he's being an instrument of righteousness. That's the difference. You, 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 you don't become an instrument of righteousness by being. You become an instrument of righteousness by being an instrument. An instrument is, an, is a vehicle of activity, not passivity. You have to play an instrument. Does the instrument play itself? No. No. Do we give awards to violins or violinists? Do we give awards to cellos or cellists? The latter. Do we give awards to drums or drummers? The instrument does not play itself. You must actively engage the instrument for its desired intention, correct? Yes. Yes. When he does that, we've defended him. And so if we haven't defended him enough, really the question, the real debate is, has he been that instrument enough? And maybe we're wrong, but that's the actual debate. He's not an instrument of righteousness because CNN doesn't like him. 
CNN doesn't like the Joker movie. We've all seen the Joker movie. We all liked it to varying degrees, okay? I'm guessing none of us believe it's an instrument of righteousness, correct? Correct. Right. Yeah, yeah, the movie's total nihilism. That's, the, that's one of the reasons we liked it to varying degrees and overlooked some of its weaknesses as a, as a venture into filmmaking is we liked that it showed the honesty of what nihilism really is, where it, it took, the, it took the, the condom off it and showed you what it is straight shot, right? That's what we liked about it most of all. Yes. But we don't view it, therefore, is it, because CNN doesn't like it. Does that make the Joker movie an instrument of righteousness? No. 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 Now, that doesn't mean it's not either. Okay? But see, that's where, does God decide what is righteous or does CNN? That would be God. Does God decide what is righteous or uh, 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 the letter D or the letter R? These are, see, these are the questions we have to ask ourselves. So when Donald Trump has done the things that we believe on this show are righteous, we have defended it. And when he hasn't, we haven't. And we don't feel the need to just blanketly assume every time he's criticized, it's unfair. And he should be defended. In fact, I don't know of anything in my life I see that way. Actually. I mean... My, my kid got a letter of academic probation because he's got an overall 3.3 grade point average, but his math score fell below 60 or something, which is why he didn't have a 3.5 or above. And there were a couple of assignments he didn't turn in. Do you think I called his teacher demanding that his teacher overlook the assignments he didn't turn in? Or do you think his mom and I went to his football practice, dragged his sorry little butt, off of the field and said, where are these assignments and took him into that school to get things done? What, what, what avenue do you think we chose? Probably I'm the latter. The we latter. chose the latter. Yeah, you bet we did. Actually, I could not go down there. I was in the middle of doing stuff for the show. So Amy drove down there. All right. She went down there, dragged him out of football practice in front of his teammates and then put him on the phone with me in front of his teammates. And let's just say I clearly communicated the expectation level here. Now, who do you think I love more? My son or literally any politician, regardless of their name? Oh, boy. Yeah. So if I'm going to demand my son live up to a standard rather than change the standard for my son, why would I cut a freaking politician more slack than my own son? Why would I do that? There's only one answer and it's really bad. There aren't any good ones. So again... I don't believe Donald Trump is... See, I'm not orange man bad. I don't believe he's incapable of being an instrument of righteousness. I don't believe that. I think he has been one. Which is why the day after the election, and one of the most interesting things I've ever seen on the show, because I didn't know it was coming, you went from never Trump to saying, I can't in good conscience go forward and be never Trump anymore. We need good from this man. I want to try to be a part of getting good out of this man. That happened years ago, letter writer. Years ago. That. So we'll move on. Because there's other things other people want to talk about. We just haven't addressed that topic in a many a moon. And I thought it was maybe a good time because I'm in a good place right now. Let's wait several moons till we do it again because I'm not in a good place after that. (laughs) 
afraid about and you felt real good about it. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. All right, TK Baker says, this may be a no-brainer for you, so please help me to understand. When we look at the data, liberal voters are concentrated in urban centers, even in really red states like Oklahoma and Texas. So they live in places like Tulsa, Tulsa and Austin. They tend to vote more Democratic. Well, I don't know if I'd pick with Tulsa. I know what you're saying, though. Tulsa is like the Pentecostal capital of America. That might be the one example. Right now they said, oh, hell no. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) listen, if you live in Tulsa, stay there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. We didn't mean to misgender you. (laughs) Now, you're right about Austin, Texas. You're right about that. But and in general, your point is correct. Yes. Okay. There are exceptions, but in general, your point is correct. So why she, TK Baker wants to know, what is it about packing people tightly on in urban centers causes this kind of mass group think that that's actually a far better question than you think it is. Okay. Here's one. There's one answer to this. Well, there's, there's, a, there's several. One potential answer is when you put our, is human nature basically good? No. No. All right. So when you put a bunch of people whose nature is not, when you get more people, do you get more good or more bad? Well, you, at at least anecdotally, you tend to get more bad. This is babble. Yeah, because human nature is not basically good. So why is there more crime in Detroit than there is in uh, the UP, Alpena, Michigan? What, 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 what do they have more of in Detroit than Alpena? Human People. density. Yeah, human de- Yes. And so whenever there's, when human, we have, human nature is not basically good, the more people you have, the more bad nature you're going to have. Now, one of the things that our form of government is currently permitting you to do is to force other people to subsidize your, your poor choices. Okay, you chose to have four baby daddies with five, five baby dads, four kids with five different baby daddies. You get to, you get to say, you got to buy my food stamps. You, de- you didn't have to help me make the, ba- you, you didn't get to help, you didn't get the fun part of this. I, you know, the guy who I dedicated my book to here, my last book, Jonathan Narciss, one of the, one of the most ball dropping things I've ever witnessed in my life. And I will never forget it. All right. It was, it was maybe the greatest boss move I ever witnessed. All right. Is he was at a symposium, I want to say, was it like a Drake and when he was on the school board? And someone came up railing, you know, I've got all these babies. You got to, you know, I need money. And he looked at them. All right. Only black man on the whole school board in Des Moines. Okay. And he looked at this woman and said, I'm sorry, sister. Did you call me when it was time to make the baby? No. Well, if, 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 you did, if I didn't have a say in making the baby, I didn't get the fun part of this. Tell me why I have a say in paying for your babies. And dude, like, I, I mean, I just, like, I felt like the Rocky, I haven't thought about that moment in so many years. I felt like the Rocky theme start playing in the back of my head. You know, I was just like, I, like, I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe someone just said that. I couldn't believe someone just went there. You are missed, Jonathan. Yes. And um, that's the attitude you get to have nowadays. You get to force, I mean, last night, hey, a felon wants to uh, mutilate their kibbles and bits, you pay. You pay. You pay. Yeah, that's the, that's the Democratic Party motto. You pay. You pay and you pay and you pay. All right? You pay for everything. Every bad decision. Uh, you, you know what? I could go buy a, you know, a, a 10-pack of a Trojan Mans. I don't even know what they cost. Let's just say they can't be more than 10 bucks. All right. I could go do that right now at any 7-Eleven in the country. 
But if you won't pay for my specialized birth control, you, uh, you, you have to, that's your, you're violating my civil rights if you won't pay for my IUD insertion, right? That's what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And so when you get more people, you get more human nature. When you get more human nature, you get more sin. And when you have a culture that we have today that says, if, you're, if, you, if you create enough of a lobby for your sin, you can force the people that are not sinning this way to subsidize your sin. Boom, bada, bing, we vote Democrat, the the party that's for subsidizing your sinful behavior. Well, both parties are, by and large, the Democrats are affirmatively for it. The Republicans won't do a damn thing about it. So you have one party that won't do a damn thing about it. The other party that's coming up with new sins, like now, soon, now that Elizabeth Warren is saying, you shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a crime for you to spread HIV, a lethal disease to somebody. Soon it will be, you've got to subsidize me because I have HIV. That'll be next, I promise you. That'll be next. And then there's other factors too. Larger cities tend to be more racially diverse. And again, when you have an entire political movement in America that is based off of identity politic, you'll get a lot of that as well. Okay. Can you guys think of any other answers? Are those two good places to start? No, they're, they're great places to start. But ultimately, our job is to worship our uh, the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And uh, the city is basically a Rube Goldberg machine. It's complex. And the more moving parts you have, right. the more you're going to get away from that. Yes. Paul Weedryer says, so my mom is one of the many white folks mid-60s who has Fox News on all the time. Sometimes I'm forced to watch Hannity until I can find the remote or knock myself out with chloroform. Either way. (laughs) Dude, it's all Russia, emails, deep state, et cetera, all that stuff that people like us are so incredibly tired of. So my question is, who is watching this? I don't get it. I guess it's just party loyalists. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's the antithesis of the people that are watching Don Lemon. That's what it is. That's what it is. No, you know what? I don't. Yeah, I don't take Jake Tapper as seriously as I did a year or two ago. And but he's the closest thing they have still on, on that network of anybody trying to be serious. And that's where that doesn't mean everybody that watches CNN is just not a serious person. Okay, just like you've got people like Brett Baer and others on Fox who you know are try to take their craft seriously. Okay, but when you get when you get down to the myopia at the level you're describing, Paul, yeah. That's it's 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 mental masturbation. That's what it is. It's one group of people. This is the polit as, as our buddy Daniel Horowitz likes to describe it. This is the political porn we prefer. The Don, we like the Don Lemon, Rachel Maddow variety, and then there's the you know whatever you know. Uh, Sean Hannity's cooking up tonight. That's yeah. And and that's what it is. Clicksturbation. That's a that's a great term. Let's we're going to use that from now on. That's outstanding, Aaron. We sh- we got it. We're going to start injecting that into the bloodstream. That term, and and that's the thing. You know, when I go back, I, my good buddy who sent me the Joel Osteen uh, gag gift, Todd Friel, the apologist, does me says sorry for a living. He goes around the world defending the Christian faith. That's what he does. He emailed me last night. I talked to him about a year or so, and he just wanted to see how I was doing. And I, we were texting back and forth, and. That to me was the toughest part of the 2016 primary was I always kind of believed it was only the other side that wanted this kind of dialogue and content. They just wanted to have their tummies rubbed and everything that everything goes, doesn't go their way as a conspiracy, right? I, I, I didn't want to believe there was a 
there was the Joy Williams audience on the right. And I had to come to grips. And that, that, that acknowledgement just about broke me. My, our buddy, Billy Hallowell, it's breaking him right now if you follow him on Twitter. Right? He is right, his Twitter account is essentially his own version of what mine looked like throughout all of 2017. All right. But this, 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 you know, this realization that there is a growing group of people now on either side of the divide that just, just want to have their bellies rubbed and their heads patted. That's disturbing. And think about it with your mom. She's in her sixties, man. She lived through the cold war. The things she has seen and she can still be patronized at this level. What do you think a generation like Aaron's, whose who's primary struggle in life right now is the price of avocado toast? If a generation like your mom's that lived through the Cold War can be, can be patronized at this level, what do you think a generation like Aaron's that has never faced that kind of an existential challenge? What, do you think, what kind of conditioning do you think they, are, can, they can be brainwashed with? And now I'm depressed again, and it's Saturday, Friday, tomorrow. That was bad. Should have gone with a nicer email than that. Hey, if you want to get into the real estate market, take advantage of plunging mortgage rates in an economy that is doing well. Cool. Good timing, especially with winter coming. Now's the time to find deals or to see if you can move your own home quickly. But before you do, make sure you go in there with a real estate agent you can trust. Don't take for granted that you just go online to like, you know, some national realtor group and, and come up with a good one. Don't do that. Right. You want to go to a place that vets folks on the basis of not finding clients for agents, but on finding an agent worthy of having you for a client, somebody with a proven and vetted uh, successful track record, someone with a proven and vetted knowledge of marketing plans and how to, how to navigate a difficult, uh, complicated process, and somebody who with a proven and vetted understanding of professional courtesies. If they don't pass those tests, they don't get listed at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's where you want to go right now before you go all in. All right? Get a real estate agent that you can trust only at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, you two, any final thoughts before we get out of here today? Uh, I don't think I've been looking more forward to a football weekend. I actually have some time to watch it. So Nice. Uh, that that that's nice. I like that I like that feeling. But the weather's crisp all of a sudden and there you go. The football switch gets turned on in various ways. Yeah. I mean it was like eighty two degrees here like three days ago. It's thirty eight when I came in here yeah. this morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the weekend as well. Um, of course, with the colder weather means that there's a, there's a chance, especially north of here, roads could be a little slick. It's going to be easier to end here up in comes. a ditch. Yeah. Don't end up in a ditch. One day that's going to be like your, your kid's life advice. Don't end up in a ditch. Instead of Jeremiah 2911 out of context at their high school graduation party, you're going to give them a card that says, don't end up in a ditch. Nothing good happened after midnight. Nothing good happens in a ditch. We're going to stick around, give the over, do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, see you on Monday, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.